You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. A, 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 a Giants podcast for Giants fans. By Giants fans. It's Sean Morash and Paul Dotino. Down the sideline, into the end zone. From the offseason, through the wins and the losses, it's time to take one, one, one giant, giant step. step. All right, it's time to take one giant step with Sean Morris and Paul Dottino. Of course, subscribe, download wherever podcasts are available, including the Odyssey app. I am Sean Warash, and that is Paul Dottino, and it's time to look ahead and bear down to the Chicago Bears. Paul, good morning. How are you? Good morning, Sean. I think I'm a lot better right now than that Giants injury report, which continues to be sketchy. And quite honestly, after Dallas ran all over the Giants for 170-something yards last week, if Leonard Williams is not back against the Chicago Bears, they've got some fixing up to do. Yeah. And well, let's let's go there with the injury report. First, right off the bat, as we expected since we last joined you, Sterling Shepard, torn ACL. They put him on IR. Fabian Moreau has been signed to the active roster. Uh, you know, he's played well in spurts. He's been fine, fine veteran corner, something the Giants needed. It doesn't look like right now they, they signed a kid named Polk, who was a, a member from Mississippi State last year, to the practice squad. Before we get into Leonard Williams and all that, just on the offensive side of the ball, Paul, this I would see, and there's been a couple film breakdowns that have that matriculated on Twitter. Uh, are we about to see the rise of Darius Slayton? And I think it's time for the New York Giants. I don't think there's any doubt about that. I mean, when you consider Shep's already out for the season, as you mentioned with the ACL, Wondell Robinson, you know, has missed a couple weeks now because of that sprained knee. Now, even if he's able to get out on the practice field later this week, I just don't know how much they could put on his plate in this game anyway. So you figure they're going to be down a ton of snaps. Remember, going into this week, Sterling Shepard has played the highest percentage of snaps of any wide receiver on the team. So they've got a huge gap to fill. Galladay will undoubtedly see some of those snaps, I would think. But Darius Slayton, to me, is the obvious choice as a guy who needs to step up and, quite honestly, has to step up for the Giants. 
Yeah, I, and I've thought about this long and hard, and I think the thing that is frustrating me the most through the first three weeks of the New York Giants, let's take away the defense for a second because they can't get gashed on the run versus the Chicago Bears, who basically are only going to look to run the ball. What's bothered me the most is when the Giants have scored, it's been explosive uh, explosive big plays, right? Shepard with the – I mean, I'm Saquon with the run this week. Week one, the Shepard throw. The Saquon run in week one. And inevitably, what I'm seeing here from a New York Giants team is Sterling Shepard should have never been asked to be that guy running down the field in a streak wide open will take it. That guy for the Giants in past years, when they have had those opportunities, has been Darius Slayton. Sure, he's had some drop issues. Uh, and, I, and I don't want to sound like suddenly I bought a Darius Slayton jersey and I'm hammering home, but it's very clear that the help for this team is not going to come from the outside. It's got to come from somebody within the building. And I'm looking at a team right now, Paul, whether it's because of injury or whether it's because of who's on the roster, a la a David Sills, they don't have a burner. And it's time this team, if you're going to be honest about Daniel Jones and Basham and everything, what his greatest attribute, maybe more so than running, is, is being able to throw the ball downfield. they got to find a way to get some protection, now get Darius Slate in these reps, and take some shots down the field beginning this Sunday versus Chicago, Paul. Sean, two items. Let's go back to the Dallas game for a second. Are you aware the Giants did not visit the red zone once the entire yeah. night? Yeah, the Saquon okay, happened. Okay, that's – yeah, so 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 that's a problem. Okay, let's not kid ourselves. You can't expect to score outside the twenty every single week and consistently be involved in games. That's just that that's just not acceptable. First of all, second of all, in terms of Slayton, the reason that I thought Slayton would make this roster and make this team is because he had the unique ability, better than anybody else in that wide receiver room during the month of August, to get deep. He is the guy who has adequate size, adequate length, but straight ahead, deep speed to go over the top. Once Robert Foster went on the injured reserve list, to me, that peg was no longer a competition. Slayton was going to have to be that guy. I am probably as puzzled as anybody is as to why he has been sitting and collecting dust throughout the first three weeks of the season. He is a component that they did not have anywhere else in that room. And it is, to me, a waste of time to ask him to take a pay cut and retain him on the roster and then sit his butt on the bench and not give him an opportunity to do what he does. Paul, you just fired me up, baby. You just nailed the three words I've been saying to myself about that pay cut. Waste of time if he's not going to get these reps. And clearly he's getting some, just not a lot. And I've heard two arguments. I've gotten a lot of debates with Giant fans for two days. I I must feel like I'm a Darius Slayton family member now. And a lot of this does stem from the fact that Shepard is out. So clearly he's going to have to play. And the two arguments I've gotten are, number one, well, he may not be a great fit with the Dable Kafka offense. I don't know about you, Paul. I've watched plenty of Bills and Chiefs games the last couple of years. They throw the ball down the field, and I don't see David Sills or, or Sterling Shepard being the kind of guys to run these streaks constantly down the field. So don't tell me he's a bad fit. Number two, the idea that he's not part of the future. Well, hold on now. Outside of Wondell Robinson, who has not been able to get on the field since early in week one, and you just mentioned him a little while ago, give me the wide receiver on this roster that we know for sure is a part of the future, and that includes Kadarius Toney. Darius Slayton is not this old geezer. He's allowed to make plays under this offense, and then we go, maybe we do bring him back on the cheap. Outside of Wondell Robinson, it's not like he's blo- if he plays, he's blocking other people that could be part of the future. That's just asinine. 
Look, I'll tell you this, Sean. First of all, it's ridiculous to suggest that he can't fit into this offense. But to the more important point, during the offseason, it was clear that Robert Foster had outperformed Slayton during the spring and the early part of the summer. And then when Foster got hurt, again, that eliminated him from that competition. I did think early on that Foster was edging ahead of Slayton, and there was a chance that he would be kept and Slayton would be the guy to go. But then when Foster got hurt, that ended that. Slayton had a good couple of weeks of practice all of a sudden during the middle of training camp where he looked like himself like he was as a rookie, and then he pulled his hamstring. So to be fair, during this offseason or since the Bills contingent got to the Giants, Slayton has probably only had a couple of really great weeks of practice. Most of what they saw was was either injured or he had trouble holding on to the ball. So their firsthand eyewitness accounts of him is probably not nearly as good as you or I think because we watched him as a rookie when he was a really dynamic player. And had the chemistry with Daniel Jones, right? I no mean, it was, we want to talk about Daniel Jones throwing the ball and all the critics. I mean, well, who did he have great chemistry with? It was, it was Darius Slayton. So I'm not worried. And I know that there's a lot yeah. of this season and these games where it's about developing for the future, including 2023, whether that be from Evan Neal, Kayvon Thibodeau, Dane Belton, you know, go down the uh, Bellinger, go down the list of guys we want to see improve week to week and be ready to go for their second full years or, you know, younger guys beyond that. Andrew Thomas keeps getting better. So I understand that there's a, a large portion of this team that probably won't be here next year. That doesn't mean you just punt on trying to win games and putting guys on the field that give you the best opportunity to win football games right now. You know, a thing that the New York Giants became the last couple of years, Paul, was a team that even the bad teams looked at and said, this is our opportunity for a win. And at the very least this year, what the New York Giants should be looking at, and we've talked about the schedule for weeks, is so many games versus teams like that where we should be the ones saying, this should be a win. This should be a win. This should be a win. Playing guys like Darius Slayton and finding ways to score more than 16, 13 points to create some big plays, get in the red zone, set yourself up, finish in the red zone. Those should be goals, whether you think Daniel Jones, Darius Slayton, Kenny Galladay, or whatever, are not going to be here. And that needs to really start this week. It's it's two and one. You want to finish the first four games three and one. The Chicago Bears are two and one. They, they've done a ton of running the football. We know that the New York Giants have more capability for explosive plays on offense than the Chicago Bears. Find a way to get that personnel on the field and make it happen. Offensive line be damned. Yeah, the, the only plausible reason or excuse that I can find on behalf of the Slayton situation goes back to what I said a moment ago. And if you Put that into the equation that Dable has stated time and time again, that you have to earn your snaps. Well, again, firsthand eyewitness account, Slayton has not performed to the level that he did as a rookie during the course of time where Dable has seen him firsthand. That's probably the only, only explanation I can come up with because this coach has been very forthright and held to every single thing that he has said so far without any variance. And so if he's going to be stern and strict about it, I think you would have to say, yeah, Slayton hasn't shown his true colors to Dable, and maybe that's the only reason I can come up with why he hasn't had a chance. But, Sean, now's the time. You know why? Because you you need him now. 
There, there, there's no more reason or rationale. You're short guys, you're short bodies, you're short that element of your game. It is time to put him in. You know, eyewitness accounts be damned. He needs to play. Yeah. There's no doubt. And I don't want to make this 30 minutes of a wide receiver podcast, but I'm sorry. It's been the thing on the top of my mind. Now, what's so crazy still, Paul, is, and full disclosure, we were taping this on a Thursday morning. The game is coming up Sunday. So we're going to learn more about the injury report Thursday afternoon, Friday afternoon. Clearly, we don't have some of that info late uh, of late. Let's just start with the other lightning rod of the Giants here before we get into the full injuries and get to Leonard Williams. Kadarius Tony, what the heck is going on? But I mean, is he still nursing this? Are we expecting them? Like, if your gut had to tell you, Paul, again, Thursday, Friday practice is still to come. We think we're seeing Tony this week. I I just don't know anymore. It's crazy. I'm, I'm being honest. I just don't know anymore, Sean. Again, I, I, I wish that there's no way to know the answer to this one question. And that is, are the medical people holding him out or is Tony asking out? Right. Uh, they'll, they'll never tell you that. Uh, so I don't know the answer. Again, if the medical people are holding him out, well, then there's no blame here because in their medical opinion, he's going to do more damage to himself and he shouldn't play and he shouldn't practice. We all respect that, right? If your doctor tells you you can't talk, you're not going to talk. Of course, but it's hard. It's hard for a fan base not to look at what we've seen now from a year and a quarter of Kadarius Toney. And even if that is the truth, it's hard not to feel like – Boy, this does feel like he's a little soft and he's not pushing through some things. Yeah, I, I, I know I, it's terrible to say, but like that's just going to yeah. be human nature here because I understand that. Been. I, I I understand that, Sean. I wish I had a better answer for you, yeah. but you know I'm going to be going out to practice in a little while, and I certainly hope to see him out there. But it I just, can't tell you if he will be. It just sucks, Paul, because when you think about the Giants' problems, and don't get me wrong, there's numerous ones. They're a rebuilding team. We understand that. What they are inevitably missing is a guy like Kadarius Tony. Like if the Giants didn't have Kadarius Tony and his skill set, his weaponry, you would look at the New York Giants and go, that, that's the perfect fit for this team. And they have him just sitting here and he's always hurt. It drives you insane. Okay, now there's no answer to that. A guy who missed his first game of his career last Sunday and on uh, Monday night, and boy, was it apparent, was Leonard Williams not on the field. If you didn't appreciate Leonard Williams or you were a guy hating on his salary or anything else, just watch what Tony Pollard and Ezekiel Elliott did to the New York Giants. That's how important Leonard Williams is. That's why he's respected. That's why he was the only member of the Giants in that top 100 list. I am under the impression the opposite of Tony that if Leonard Williams feels he could push himself through a sprain, he would do that. It would take the doctors literally telling him he cannot. This is an offense in Chicago that you shouldn't be scared of, but Justin feels like the run all over the place. The Bears have gone above and beyond more than any other team telling you we are going to prioritize running the ball more than passing. I mean, heck, going into last week, Justin Fields was 33rd in pass attempts, and there's 32 teams in the NFL. Leonard Williams, if the Giants don't have him, some of these guys need to step up in a big way, and you cannot be gashed on the ground once again because it's going to kill clock, kill field position, and kill your opportunity to win a football game that you have to have versus Chicago. The Bears are averaging 35 carries a game for 187 yards on the ground per week. Okay? That's insane. It's ridiculous how they have totally sold out their offense, knowing that Fields is very limited to running the football. It's no secret what they're going to do. So, you know, again, this goes back to Wink, in all honesty, probably going back to the game plan that he used against the Tennessee Titans and the schematics that they used against Derrick Henry. Problem is, 
What if Leonard Williams isn't playing? Will right. that schematic work if you're throwing guys like Jelly Ellis and and Nick Williams out there? Right. Uh, and who was the not- and Tino, who was I, I have never I will tell you this. I have never in my 35 years of life Giants are religion in my house growing up my dad. I have never sat down and watched a Giant game and in bad years too. Not known who somebody was in the field. Who was the defensive tackle last week playing those reps off the practice squad with the long? Yeah, Mon- Mondo and uh, Davidson, the rookie draft pick, was in. Yeah, there I as know well. Davidson, but it was the 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 white guy with long hair. Mondo, I never, yeah. I never even heard of this guy. I watched all the preseason games. I guess he wasn't one of them preseason. Where did he come from? And I guess we got to rely on him now too. Well, here's the deal. I can tell you this off the top of my head. He came from the Steelers. Okay. Okay. All right. He's had, a, he has, he's had a cup of coffee with four different teams, whether it was practice squad or 53, or off-season appearance. And he was most recently with the Steelers. That much I can tell you. Did not play a whole lot. Very limited time. And he's supposed to be a run stopper. That I can tell you. But I- well, look, if he's a run stopper and he's got to play, and as you said, Ellis has got to play. Yeah, but how did that work? Right, of course. But, but Okay, so I- here, here's what I'm thinking. Here's what I'm thinking. Maybe Jalen Smith didn't have enough time to get acclimated. Potentially, potentially Jalen Smith as a gap stuffing interior linebacker gets activated this week because, you know, I'll be honest with you. I looked at that last week and I said, Tate Crowder didn't have a great game. Uh, Calitro certainly did not play well. McFadden certainly did not play well when he got all the extra reps and got in there. So if you're not going to be able to get Leonard Williams back, Maybe you need to get a different inside linebacker on the field. Yeah. Uh, and to be fair, it's nothing against the guy. Austin Calitro might be playing himself off the team at this point. Uh, he's just, look, if, you, if you're on the team to stop the run, fill gaps, and you're not doing that, you know, forget covering anybody. I mean, what, what are we doing here? Uh, and if Jalen Smith prevents, uh, you know, presents that, then that, that's something the Giants are going to do. But look, Wink Martindale still had a pretty damn good game plan versus the Dallas Cowboys. It's a matter of having the horses like Leonard Williams to get it done. I thought he mixed the match fine. And going back and watching, you know, Ojolari and Thibodeau, I don't think played as bad as I thought thought despite the rust I mean with the way Cooper Rush was getting rid of the ball uh again it just is what it is I look Wink, Wink Martindale did a fine job I do trust Wink Martindale in this game is this a game the Giants can win without Leonard Williams absolutely but if they're getting gashed and the, and the time's coming off the clock and you know runs are going to rip it off for 30 yards they're just going to put themselves beyond the eight ball like not for nothing Paul this actually is maybe the one game of the schedule where in the fourth quarter, you kind of feel really good and the Giants should be up 9, 10 points. And that may not be a lot of Giant games this year, but it's hard to imagine that if Leonard Williams is not on the field. Yeah, I think that's very fair. And quite honestly, he did not uh, go through the walkthrough on Wednesday. They did hold him out. Now, does that mean it's looking bleak for this weekend? I don't know. Again, you're talking about a guy who last year was supposed to be out for the season. The last few weeks of the year, he played with a brace on his elbow when – Basically, he was not supposed to play. So I I never count him out. I told you that last week. I never count him out. But the doctor shut him down last week. I'm I'm, because of that. He must be he must be really hurting for them to do that. So I'm a little skeptical right now that he's going to be available. So it's imperative, if you ask me, you know, for Giad Ward to come up big again like he did against Tennessee and and basically has shown he can be extremely stout no matter where they place him in the front. And I I really think that Jalen Smith would actually be a pretty good activation. Jalen Smith is a player to watch. And with that, 
We're going to give you a little fantasy and reality, what the reality of the situation is for the Giants, and who you think might surprise maybe get in the end zone if you had a fantasy play. Uh, So, Paul, looking at this, the reality of this game, I'm not even going to go on offense. I actually, for the first time ever, going to give you defense is what we've been saying. The reality of this game is all horses up front, and I think it's going to come from Xavier McKinney and Julian Love, a lot like you saw in week two as well, playing some linebacker roles if possible. You're not scared of the Bears keeping you deep. I think the reality those guys are going to have to make some big plays, I think, at that second level and serve as linebackers. You brought up the Titan game plan. Wouldn't shock me. We saw a lot of that Carolina game plan, a little hybrid in that. And on fantasy, I think the Giants' defense has an opportunity here to score themselves, whether that's really fluster Justin Fields into some kind of play-action pick six or just force a damn fumble recovery for a touchdown. I think the Giants' defense, despite the Leonard Williams injury, is so key here that I think they actually may end up in the end zone in this game, Paul. You know, I think you and I are a lot more alike than you think. Yeah. Because oh, I came funny. in. Funny, funny. Are we both steaks now, Paul? Am I not a hot dog? <laughs> I, you know, because here's the thing. I came into this thinking you're going to ask me about fantasy, and while I do not play fantasy, I know the rules, and you do get defensive points for fantasy. And so my thinking was the Giants' defense has to come up big and there score points. There we I go. Felt the, I felt exactly the same way. And I don't care who it is. Somebody on this defense needs to either scoop and score or register a pick six because I need to see them dominate this team, which should not be on the field with them. Okay? This yeah. is this is a game. I'm sorry. I get the fact that the Giants did not look good last week against Dallas. I am still of the opinion that they self-destructed, made so many ridiculous mental mistakes and enough guys did not play to their appropriate level that I believe they lost that game more than Dallas won it. I know a lot of people disagree with me. That's fine. I don't care if they do or they don't. That's what I saw. I think this team's a hell of a lot better than what they showed on Monday, and I think this is exactly the kind of team that they need to use as a get-well game, if you will. I love it, Paul. I love that we're on the same page. All right, well, let's give some game picks here. Uh, I will start it off. The Giants are favored by three, three and a half at home, over under total 39 and a half. Uh, I really have a hard time just throwing away everything we saw the first two weeks and leaving the sour taste from Monday in our mind and thinking this is the start of doom and gloom. The Packers and Ravens coming up. Giants shouldn't be in any position where they're peeking ahead at the schedule at all. They're just a flat-out better football team than the Chicago Bears. The, fa- the reality is one of these teams is probably going to be three and one if there's no tie. I think the Giants are going to win this game. And I think that Daniel Jones is going to have a better outcome than he had uh, versus Dallas on Monday night to have everything that he had go against him and still play that kind of game and not really be rewarded. I think he gets rewarded with two touchdown passes in this game. I think the defense shines. I think the defense can get in the end zone. And I think the Giants score kind of a surprising 28 points in this game. And I think we get like a 28-13 shockingly comfortable win. I know, gasp, I can't believe I'm saying that. Give me the New York football Giants 28-13 on Sunday. Yeah, I I don't think your your prediction is out of the realm of possibility at all. Um, I'd probably look at something like 23-10. to um, okay. I, I, I think that you know the Bears are going to want to slog this game down into the mud, okay, even though it's plastic, and I don't think it's – I don't know if it's going to rain or not. But but they want to they want to slow this game down into a tortoise's crawl, 
Now, look, that will reduce the number of possessions. I asked Daniel Jones yesterday when I saw him, you know, when you get into a game like this and the number of possessions will probably be, uh, you know, coming down, do you have to be even more patient? Because there's going to be this this instinct that if I'm only going to get, let's say, eight possessions, you want to make the most of each one of them. And you want to make a quick strike because that's that's what the Bears are going to want to do. They're going to want to shorten this game. And Daniel said no, he didn't he didn't feel that way. So given given that, I think the Giants will be able to score more than 20 points. I I'm going to have some faith in the Giants stopping that run game a little bit better than they did last week. I think they're a wounded animal. I also think that if they watch the film and Wink Martindale and Brian Dable lit into this team like I'm kind of told that they did, uh they they will use that as a wake up call and they will shut down this run better than the bears think. And I don't, I don't think they're going to be able to score more than 13 max. All right. Let's point, let's put on before we close out our negative hats here for a second, because maybe you don't have one. And I do biggest fear of an outcome of this game. It doesn't go the way you and I are saying my biggest fear in this game, Paul, probably more for the man than the team. My fear is after what he went through on Monday night, that this ends up a game where suddenly Daniel Jones has a, has a bad fumble, throws another interception, and everybody on Monday is screaming for Tyrod Taylor because the Giants couldn't outperform the Bears and it gets all gets pinned on Daniel Jones. That is my biggest fear in this game, is that he just isn't able to piggyback a good game, wasn't rewarded, and ends up just having one of those games where everybody goes, ha-ha, I told you so. I don't know if you have a fear in this game, but that is mine, Paul, and I really really would hate to see that for Daniel Jones here this week. I think the best way for the Bears to tilt the scales and beat the Giants is via special teams. The Giants special teams were atrocious yeah. against Dallas. Yeah. And quite frankly, you can't you can't do that. The Giants are not good enough to lose the special teams battle uh, on a consistent basis. Uh I I can't I can't see that happening again. If it does, that's a very big ticket for the Bears to to be in this game and then to try to see if they can squeak something out. You never know if Roquan Smith makes a a pick like he did last week to, to, to beat the, beat Houston or if uh, if he forces a fumble, you know, or maybe if Robert Quinn, you know, Robert Quinn had one sack by going around the edge on Andrew Thomas last year. That was it. Uh, so far this year in three games, he's got one quarterback hit. That's it, Sean. One quarterback hit. It was a sack, but it's one quarterback hit in three games. Okay. All of a sudden, he looks pretty old. Could he arise from the dead like Lazarus and suddenly get to Daniel Jones and cause Marcus Lawrence did? Demarcus Lawrence rose. Okay. Now, now, yeah, I don't, but that, you know, he's going to be going up against Thomas, not Neil. Thomas isn't going to make the rookie mistakes that Neil made. So I think, I think defense against offense and vice versa. The Giants should not have a problem in this game. But if their special teams crumbles for the second straight week, all of a sudden now the Bears have some oxygen in their lungs. Oxygen in their lungs. Let's suffocate the Bears, Paul. Let's suffocate them. Uh, You can follow Paul. Paul, where can we follow you on Twitter? At GiantsWFAN. You can follow me at M-R-A-Z-C-B-S, M-R-A-Z-C-B-S. Hey, download, subscribe, anywhere podcasts are available. Hopefully we have a 3 and one football team and a great happy reaction pod for you Monday morning. Thank you, everyone, for taking one giant step with us.
morning, Sean. I think I'm a lot better right now than that Giants injury report, which continues to be sketchy. And quite honestly, after Dallas ran all over the Giants for 170-something yards last week, if Leonard Williams is not back against the Chicago Bears, they've got some fixing up to do. Yeah. And, well, let's let's go there with the injury report. First, right off the bat, as we expected since we last joined you, Sterling Shepard, torn ACL. They put him on IR. Fabian Moreau has been signed to the active roster. Uh, you know, he's played well in spurts. He's been fine. Fine veteran corner, something the Giants needed. It doesn't look like right now they, they signed a kid named Polk, who was a, a member from Mississippi State last year, to the practice squad. Before we get into Leonard Williams and all that, just on the offensive side of the ball, Paul, this I would see, and there's been a couple film breakdowns that have that matriculated on Twitter. Uh, are we about to see the rise of Darius Slayton? And I think it's time for the New York Giants. I don't think there's any doubt about that. I mean, when you consider Shep's already out for the season, as you mentioned with the ACL, Wondell Robinson, you know, has missed a couple weeks now because of that sprained knee. Now, even if he's able to get out on the practice field later this week, I just don't know how much they could put on his plate in this game anyway. So you figure they're going to be down a ton of snaps. Remember, going into this week, Sterling Shepard has played the highest percentage of snaps of any wide receiver on the team. So they've got a huge gap to fill. Galladay will undoubtedly see some of those snaps, I would think. But Darius Slayton, to me, is the obvious choice as a guy who needs to step up and, quite honestly, has to step up for the Giants. Yeah, and I've thought about this long and hard. And I think the thing that is frustrating me the most through the first three weeks of the New York Giants, let's take away the defense for a second because they can't get gashed on the run versus the Chicago Bears, who basically are only going to look to run the ball. What's bothered me the most is when the Giants have scored – it's been explosive, uh, explosive big plays, right? Shepard with the, I mean, I'm Saquon with the run this week, week one, the Shepard throw, the Saquon run in week one. And inevitably what I'm seeing here from a New York giant team is Sterling Shepard should have never been asked to be that guy running down the field in a streak wide open. We'll take it. That guy for the giants in past years, when they have had those opportunities has been Darius Slayton. Sure. He's had some drop issues. Uh, and I, and I don't want to sound like suddenly I bought a Darius Slayton jersey and I'm hammering home, but it's very clear that the help for this team, is not going to come from the outside. It's got to come from somebody within the building. And I'm looking at a team right now, Paul, whether it's because of injury or whether it's because of who's on the roster, a la David Sills, they don't have a burner. And it's time this team, if you're going to be honest about Daniel Jones and Basham and everything, what his greatest attribute, maybe more so than running, is, is being able to throw the ball downfield. They got to find a way to get some protection, now get Darius Slate in these reps, and take some shots down the field beginning this Sunday versus Chicago, Paul. Sean, two items. Let's go back to the Dallas game for a second. Are you aware the Giants did not visit the red zone once the entire yeah. night? Yeah, the Saquon had okay, that's out. Yeah. Yeah, so 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 that's a problem. Okay, let's not kid ourselves. You can't expect to score outside the 20 every single week and consistently be involved in games. That's just that that's just not acceptable, first of all. Second of all, in terms of slate. The reason that I thought Slayton would make this roster and make this team is because he had the unique ability, better than anybody else in that wide receiver room during the month of August, to get deep. He is the guy who has adequate size, adequate length, but straight ahead deep speed to go over the top. Once Robert Foster went on the injured reserve list, to me, that peg was no longer a competition. Slayton was going to have to be that guy. 
I am probably as puzzled as anybody is as to why he has been sitting and collecting dust throughout the first three weeks of the season. He is a component that they did not have anywhere else in that room. And it is, to me, a waste of time to ask him to take a pay cut and retain him on the roster and then sit his butt on the bench and not give him an opportunity to do what he does. Paul, you just fired me up, baby. You just nailed the three words I've been saying to myself about that pay cut. Waste of time if he's not going to get these reps. And clearly he's getting some, just not a lot. And I've heard two arguments. I've gotten a lot of debates with Giant fans for two days. I I must feel like I'm a Darius Slayton family member now. And a lot of this does stem from the fact that Shepard is out. So clearly he's going to have to play. And the two arguments I've gotten are, number one, well, he may not be a great fit with the Dable Kafka offense. I don't know about you, Paul. I've watched plenty of Bills and Chiefs games the last couple of years. They throw the ball down the field, and I don't see David Sills or, or Sterling Shepard being the kind of guys to run these streaks constantly down the field. So don't tell me he's a bad fit. Number two, the idea that he's not part of the future. Well, hold on now. Outside of Wondell Robinson, who has not been able to get on the field since early in week one, and you just mentioned him a little while ago, give me the wide receiver on this roster that we know for sure is a part of the future, and that includes Kadarius Toney. Darius Slayton is not this old geezer. He's allowed to make plays under this offense, and then we go, maybe we do bring him back on the cheap. Outside of Wondell Robinson, it's not like he's blo- if he plays, he's blocking other people that could be part of the future. That's just asinine. Look, I'll tell you this, Sean. First of all, it's ridiculous to suggest that he can't fit into this offense. But to the more important point, during the offseason, it was clear that Robert Foster had outperformed Slayton during the spring and the early part of the summer. And then when Foster got hurt, again, that eliminated him from that competition. I did think early on that Foster was edging ahead of Slayton, and there was a chance that he would be kept and Slayton would be the guy to go. But then when Foster got hurt, that ended that. Slayton had a good couple of weeks of practice all of a sudden during the middle of training camp where he looked like himself, like he was as a rookie, and then he pulled his hamstring. So to be fair, during this offseason, or since the Bills contingent got to the Giants, Slayton has probably only had a couple of really great weeks of practice. Most of what they saw was was either injured or right. he had trouble holding on to the ball. So their firsthand eyewitness accounts of him is probably not nearly as good as you or I think because we watched him as a rookie when right. he was a really dynamic player. And had the chemistry with Daniel Jones, right? I no mean, it, we, we want to talk about Daniel Jones throwing the ball and all the critics. I mean, well, who did he have great chemistry with? It was, it was Darius Slayton. So I'm not worried. And I know that there's a lot yeah. of this season and these games where it's about developing for the future, including 2023. Whether that be from Evan Neal, Kayvon Thibodeau, Dane Belton, you know, go down the uh, Bellinger, go down the list of guys we want to see improve week to week and be ready to go for their second full years, or you know, younger guys beyond that. Andrew Thomas keeps getting better, so I understand that there's a, a large portion of this team that probably won't be here next year. That doesn't mean you just punt on trying to win games and putting guys on the field that give you the best opportunity to win football games right now.
you know, a thing that the New York Giants became the last couple of years, Paul, was a team that even the bad teams looked at and said, this is our opportunity for a win. And at the very least this year, what the New York Giants should be looking at, and we've talked about the schedule for weeks, is so many games versus teams like that where we should be the ones saying, this should be a win. This should be a win. This should be a win. Playing guys like Darius Slayton and finding ways to score more than 16, 13 points to create some big plays, get in the red zone, set yourself up, finish in the red zone. Those should be goals, whether you think Daniel Jones, Darius Slayton, Kenny Galladay, or whatever are not going to be here. And that needs to really start this week. It's it's two and one. You want to finish the first four games three and one. The Chicago Bears are two and one. They, they've done a ton of running the football. We know that the New York Giants have more capability for explosive plays on offense than the Chicago Bears. Find a way to get that personnel on the field and make it happen. Offensive line be damned. Yeah, the, the only plausible reason or excuse that I can find on behalf of the Slayton situation goes back to what I said a moment ago, and if you Put that into the equation that Dable has stated time and time again, that you have to earn your snaps. Well, again, firsthand eyewitness account, Slayton has not performed to the level that he did as a rookie during the course of time where Dable has seen him firsthand. That's probably the only, only explanation I can come up with because this coach has been very forthright and held to every single thing that he has said so far without any variance. And so if he's going to be stern and strict about it, I think you would have to say, yeah, Slayton hasn't shown his true colors to Dable, and maybe that's the only reason I can come up with why he hasn't had a chance. But, Sean, now's the time. Yeah. You know why? Because you, have, you need him now. There, there, there's no more reason or rationale. You're short guys, you're short bodies, you're short that element of your game. It is time to put him in. You know, eyewitness accounts be damned. He needs to play. Yeah. There's no doubt. And I don't want to make this 30 minutes of a wide receiver podcast, but I'm sorry. It's been the thing on the top of my mind. Now, what's so crazy still, Paul, is, and full disclosure, we were taping this on a Thursday morning. The game is coming up Sunday. So we're going to learn more about the injury report Thursday afternoon, Friday afternoon. Clearly, we don't have some of that info late uh, of late. Let's just start with the other lightning rod of the Giants here before we get into the full injuries and get to Leonard Williams. Kadarius Tony, what the heck is going on? But I mean, is he still nursing this? Are we expecting them? Like, if your gut had to tell you, Paul, again, Thursday, Friday practice is still to come. We think we're seeing Tony this week. I I just don't know anymore. It's crazy. I'm being honest. I just don't know anymore, Sean. Again, I I wish that there's no way to know the answer to this one question, and that is, are the medical people holding him out, or is Tony asking out? Right. Uh, they'll they'll never tell you that. Uh, so I don't know the answer. Again, if the medical people are holding him out, well, then there's no blame here because in their medical opinion, he's going to do more damage to himself and he shouldn't play and he shouldn't sure. practice. We all respect that, right? If your doctor tells you you of can't course. talk, you're not going to talk. Of course, but it's hard It's hard for a fan base not to look at what we've seen now from a year and a quarter of Kadarius Tony, And even if that is the truth, it's hard not to feel like – Boy, this does feel like he's a little soft and he's not pushing through some things. Yeah. I, I, I know I, it's terrible to say, but like that's just gonna be human nature here because I understand that. I, I I understand that, Sean. I wish I had a better answer for you, yeah. but you know, I'm gonna be going out to practice in a little while, and I certainly hope to see him out there. But it's I just, can't tell you if you will be. 
it just sucks, Paul, because when you think about the Giants problems, and don't get me wrong, there's numerous ones. They're a rebuilding team. We understand that. What they are inevitably missing is a guy like Kadarius Tony. Like if the Giants didn't have Kadarius Tony and his skill set, his weaponry, you would look at the New York Giants and go, that, that's the perfect fit for this team. And they have him just sitting here and he's always hurt. It drives you insane. Okay, now there's no answer to that. A guy who missed his first game of his career last Sunday and on uh, Monday night, and boy, was it apparent, was Leonard Williams not on the field. If you didn't appreciate Leonard Williams, or you were a guy hating on his salary or anything else, just watch what Tony Pollard and Ezekiel Elliott did to the New York Giants. That's how important Leonard Williams is. That's why he's respected. That's why he was the only member of the Giants in that top 100 list. I am under the impression the opposite of Tony that if Leonard Williams feels he could push himself through a sprain, he would do that. It would take the doctors literally telling him he cannot. This is an offense in Chicago that you shouldn't be scared of, but Justin feels like the run all over the place. The Bears have gone above and beyond more than any other team telling you we are going to prioritize running the ball more than passing. I mean, heck, going into last week, Justin Fields was 33rd in pass attempts, and there's 32 teams in the NFL. Leonard Williams, if the Giants don't have him, some of these guys need to step up in a big way, and you cannot be gashed on the ground once again because it's going to kill clock, kill field position, and kill your opportunity to win a football game that you have to have versus Chicago. The Bears are averaging 35 carries a game for 187 yards on the ground per week. Okay? That's insane. It's ridiculous how they have totally sold out their offense, knowing that Fields is very limited to running the football. It's no secret what they're going to do. So, you know, again, this goes back to Wink, in all honesty, probably going back to the game plan that he used against the Tennessee Titans and the schematics that they used against Derrick Henry. Problem is, what if Leonard Williams isn't playing? Will that schematic work if you're throwing guys like Jelly Ellis and and Nick Williams out there, right? Uh, and who was the, not- and Dettino, Who was? I, I have never. I will tell you this. I have never in my thirty five years of life. Giants are religion in my house. Growing up, my dad. I have never sat down and watched a giant game, and in bad years too, not known who somebody was in the field. Who was the defensive tackle last week playing those reps off the practice squad with the long? Yeah, Mon- Mondo and uh, Davidson, the rookie draft pick, was in yeah, there. Yeah, I as know well. Davidson, but it was the, the the white guy with long hair, Mondo. I never, yeah. I never even heard of this guy. I watched all the preseason games. I guess he wasn't one of them preseason. Where did he come from? And I guess we got to rely on him now, too. Well, here's the deal I can tell you this off the top of my head. He came from the Steelers. Okay. okay. All, right. all right. He's had a, he has, he's had a cup of coffee with four different teams whether it was practice squad or 53 or off season appearance. And he was most recently with the Steelers that much. I can tell you did not play a whole lot, very limited time. And he's supposed to be a run stopper that I can tell you. But I- well, look, if he's a run stopper and he's got to play, and as you said, Ellis has got to play. Yeah. But how did that work? All right. Of course. But okay. But I- so here, here's what I'm thinking. Here's what I'm thinking. Maybe Jalen Smith didn't have enough time to get acclimated. Potentially, potentially Jalen Smith as a gap stuffing interior linebacker gets activated this week because, you know, I'll be honest with you. I looked at that last week and I said, Tate Crowder didn't have a great game. Uh, Calitro certainly did not play well. McFadden certainly did not play well when he got all the extra reps and got in there. So if you're not going to be able to get Leonard Williams back, maybe you need to get a different inside linebacker on the field. Yeah. 
Uh, and to be fair, it's nothing against the guy. Austin Calitro might be playing himself off the team at this point. Uh, he's just, look, if, if you're on the team to stop the run, fill gaps, you're not doing that. You know, forget covering anybody. I mean, what, what are we doing here? Uh, and if Jalen Smith prevents, uh, you know, presents that, then it, it's something the Giants going to do. But look, Wink Martindale still had a pretty damn good game plan versus the Dallas Cowboys. It's a matter of having the horses like Leonard Williams to get it done. I thought he mixed the match fine. And going back and watching, you know, Ojolari and Thibodeau, I don't think played as bad as I thought, despite the rust. I mean, with the way Cooper Rush was getting rid of the ball, uh, again, it just is what it is. I thought Wink Martindale did a fine job. I do trust Wink Martindale in this game. Is this a game the Giants can win without Leonard Williams? Absolutely. But if they're getting gashed and the, and the time's coming off the clock and, you know, runs are ripping off for 30 yards, they're just going to put themselves behind the eight ball. Like, not for nothing, Paul. This actually may be the one game of the schedule. We're in the fourth quarter, you kind of feel really good, and the Giants should be up nine, ten points. And that may not be a lot of Giant games this year, but it's hard to imagine that if Leonard Williams is not on the field. Yeah, I think that's very fair. And quite honestly, he did not uh, go through the walkthrough on Wednesday. They did hold him out. Now, does that mean it's looking bleak for this weekend? I don't know. Again, you're talking about a guy who last year was supposed to be out for the season. The last few weeks of the year, he played with a brace on his elbow when – Basically, he was not supposed to play. So I I never count him out. I told you that last week. I never count him out. But the doctors shut him down last week. I'm I'm, because of that. He must be he must be really hurting for them to do that. So I'm a little skeptical right now that he's going to be available. So it's imperative, if you ask me, you know, for Giad Ward to come up big again like he did against Tennessee and and basically has shown he can be extremely stout no matter where they place him in the front. And I I really think that Jalen Smith would actually be a pretty good activation. in reality, what the reality of the situation is for the Giants, and who you think might surprise maybe get in the end zone if you had a fantasy play. Uh, So, Paul, looking at this, the reality of this game, I'm not even going to go on offense. I actually, for the first time ever, going to give you defense, is what we've been saying. The reality of this game is all horses up front, and I think it's going to come from Xavier McKinney and Julian Love, a lot like you saw in Week 2 as well, playing some linebacker roles if possible. You're not scared of the Bears keeping you deep. I think the reality those guys are going to have to make some big plays, I think, at that second level and serve as linebackers. You brought up the Titan game plan. wouldn't shock me. We saw a lot of that Carolina game plan, a little hybrid in that. And on fantasy... I think the Giants' defense has an opportunity here to score themselves, whether that's really fluster Justin Fields into some kind of play-action pick six or just force a damn fumble recovery for a touchdown. I think the Giants' defense, despite the Leonard Williams injury, is so key here that I think they actually may end up in the end zone in this game, Paul. You know, I think you and I are a lot more alike than you think. 
Because <laughs> oh, I came funny. in. Funny. Are we both steaks now, Paul? Am I not a hot dog? <laughs> I, you know, because here's the thing. I came into this thinking you're going to ask me about fantasy. And while I do not play fantasy, I know the rules. And you do get defensive points for fantasy. And so my thinking was the Giants defense has to come up big and score points. There we I go. Felt the, I felt exactly the same way. And I don't care who it is. Somebody on this defense needs to either scoop and score or register a pick six because I need to see them dominate this team, which should not be on the field with them. Okay? This, yeah. is, this is a game. I'm sorry. I get the fact that the Giants did not look good last week against Dallas. I am still of the opinion that they self-destructed, made so many ridiculous mental mistakes – and enough guys did not play to their appropriate level that I believe they lost that game more than Dallas won it. I know a lot of people disagree with me. That's fine. I don't care if they do or they don't. That's what I saw. I think this team's a hell of a lot better than what they showed on Monday, and I think this is exactly the kind of team that they need to use as a get-well game, if you will. I love it, Paul. I love that we're on the same page. All right, well, let's give some game picks here. Uh, I will start it off. The Giants are favored by three, three and a half at home, over under total 39 and a half. Uh, I really have a hard time just throwing away everything we saw the first two weeks and leaving the sour taste from Monday in our mind and thinking this is the start of doom and gloom. The Packers and Ravens coming up. Giants shouldn't be in any position where they're peeking ahead at the schedule at all. They're just a flat-out better football team than the Chicago Bears. The the reality is one of these teams is probably going to be three and one if there's no tie. I think the Giants are going to win this game. And I think that Daniel Jones is going to have a better outcome than he had uh, versus Dallas on Monday night to have everything that he had go against him and still play that kind of game and not really be rewarded. I think he gets rewarded with two touchdown passes in this game. I think the defense shines. I think the defense can get in the end zone. And I think the Giants score kind of a surprising 28 points in this game. And I think we get like a 28-13 shockingly comfortable win. I know, gasp, I can't believe I'm saying that. Give me the New York football Giants 28-13 on Sunday. Yeah, I I don't think your your prediction is out of the realm of possibility at all. Um, I'd probably look at something like 23-10. to um, okay. I, I, I think that you know the Bears are going to want to slog this game down into the mud, okay, even though it's plastic. And I don't think it's I don't know if it's gonna rain or not. But but they wanna they wanna slow this game down into a tortoise's crawl. Now, look, that will reduce the number of possessions. I asked Daniel Jones yesterday when I saw him, you know, when you get into a game like this and the number of possessions will probably be uh, you know, coming down, do you have to be even more patient? Because there's going to be this this instinct that if I'm only gonna get, let's say, eight possessions, you wanna make the most of each one of them. And you want to make yeah. a quick strike because that's that's what the Bears are going to want to do. They're going to want to shorten this game. And Daniel said no, he didn't he didn't feel that way. So given given that, I think the Giants will be able to score more than 20 points. I I'm gonna have some faith in the Giants stopping that run game a little bit better than they did last week. I think they're a wounded animal. I also think that if they watch the film and Wink Martindale. And Brian Dayball lit into this team like I'm kind of told that they did. Uh, they they will use that as a wake up call, and they will shut down this run better than the Bears think. And I don't I don't think they're going to be able to score more than 13 max. 
All right, let's point. Let's put on before we close out our negative hats here for a second, because maybe you don't have one and I do. Biggest fear of an outcome of this game. It doesn't go the way you and I are saying. My biggest fear in this game, Paul, probably more for the man than the team. My fear is after what he went through on Monday night that this ends up a game where suddenly Daniel Jones has a, has a bad fumble, throws another interception, and everybody on Monday is screaming for Tyrod Taylor because the Giants couldn't outperform the Bears and it gets all gets pinned on Daniel Jones. That is my biggest fear in this game is that he just isn't able to piggyback a good game, wasn't rewarded, and ends up just having one of those games where everybody goes, ha-ha, I told you so. I don't know if you have a fear in this game, but that is mine, Paul, and I really, really would hate to see that for Daniel Jones here this week. I think the best way for the Bears to tilt the scales and beat the Giants is via special teams. The Giants' special teams were atrocious yeah. against Dallas. Yeah. And quite frankly, you can't you can't do that. The Giants are not good enough to lose the special teams battle uh, on a consistent basis. Uh I I can't I can't see that happening again. If it does, that's a very big ticket for the Bears to to be in this game and then to try to see if they can squeak something out. You never know if Roquan Smith makes a a pick like he did last week to, to, to beat the, beat Houston or if uh, if he forces a fumble, you know, or maybe if Robert Quinn, you know, Robert Quinn had one sack by going around the edge on Andrew Thomas last year. That was it. Uh, so far this year in three games, he's got one quarterback hit. That's it, Sean. One quarterback hit. It was a sack, but it's one quarterback hit in three games. Okay. All of a sudden, he looks pretty old. Could he arise from the dead like Lazarus and suddenly get to Daniel Jones and cause the Marcus Lawrence did. Demarcus Lawrence rose. Okay. Now, now, yeah, I don't, but that, you know, he's going to be going up against Thomas, not Neil. Thomas isn't going to make the rookie mistakes that Neil made. So I think, I think defense against offense and vice versa. The Giants should not have a problem in this game. But if their special teams crumbles for the second straight week, all of a sudden now the Bears have some oxygen in their lungs. <laughs>